Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse... we we'll start with verse... Let's start from verse verse 5. Hallelujah. So it's not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God. Let's stay on that verse. I want to point something out to you. Say together with me, my sufficiency is from God. What this means is, everything that you'll be doing from now henceforth will be um, grace empowered. That you would not have to do things by your own works. Or let me put it this way, that your performance will not be commensurate to your results. Because your sufficiency is not of yourself, but of him. So he empowers you to do the things that you do. And when you see the output and when you see the, the result, it will be nothing compared to what you did. But it will be clear that it's all about Jesus. Amen. So say with me, my sufficiency... That's not all of us. Say, my sufficiency is from who? It's from God. I want to usher you into a new realm or a new uh, understanding of greater glory, knowing that your sufficiency is going to be of him. Ask your neighbor whatever it is that you do. Just tell your neighbor whatever it is that you do. Your sufficiency is from him. Do you believe that? My sufficiency is from him. It's from him. My sufficiency is from him. It's a curse actually to work and get exactly the output of your work. That's what a curse means. A curse is when you have to do things always to get results. Uh, Especially results at the level of how much of input you have made into the work. But a blessing is when you do little and you get much. That's what a blessing is. And I see people coming into the year 2020 with little or no effort, but to achieving so much, so much more than your ability can do for you. Amen. I heard a man pray one day and I took that prayer to myself and I said, the man prayed like this. He said, God bless me with the things that I can never get for myself. Uh, You are the man, you are the woman who God has helped. In fact, that's the summary of your life. You know, a lot of people like to be arrogant before God and like to show that it's by their own power they achieved certain things or by their own intelligence. But God is going to beat your intelligence this year. I mean, in the coming year. Praise the Lord. He's going to beat your intelligence, he will beat your capacity, he will beat your efforts, he will beat your work, he will beat, he will beat your power, he, would, he will go beyond it. So let's say together, my sufficiency is from him. Glory to God. So let's move to the next 
um, verse. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Now the Bible says that you are ministers of the new covenant. And here Paul is introducing a concept to what the new covenant is all about. That you are ministers of the new covenant. When you hear the word new covenant, it speaks of the fact that there was an old covenant before. Um, I would explain to you the old covenant because many of you uh, feel that the old covenant is some kind of teaching. But the old covenant is beyond the teaching, uh, if you know what I mean. Because if you've been in TSP for a while, you would you would understand that it's easy to tell when the old testament is preached to you, and when the new testament is preached to you, you can decipher the difference. But you can understand the new testament, but practice the old covenant in your behavior, in your lifestyle. You can practice the old covenant. That's because you are not trusting solely on Christ. So if your focus is shifted from Christ and your focus is on things or what you can do or what you have set your mind to do and that's where your whole um, faith is resting on, you are literally practicing the old covenant. And God wants you to move from the old covenant to the new testament. And when we talk about these things, it, it, it cuts across the areas of how you do your business how you relate with people, how you do what you do, everything that you do. So um, open your heart to the understanding of the discourse today of living your life by the principles of the new covenant. So verse 6 says, Who also has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant? I'm going to stay on this line for a bit. And it says that we are sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. I want you to repeat this phrase with me until it sinks deep down into your spirit. So you would personalize it and say, I am sufficient as a minister of the new covenant. Say it again. Say, I am sufficient as a minister of the new covenant. Who made you sufficient? Yeah, you can look at the, the multimedia screen. It says, who also made us. So your sufficiency was gifted to you. You were not sufficient by yourself. You're into business. You're into makeup. You're into cooking. You're into, uh, um, you, you're, you, you do nine to five job. You're into oil and gas. You're, you're a politician. You're anything that it is you do. Your sufficiency is from him. He made you sufficient. As ministers of the new covenant, right? Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What is the letter? The letter is the law. The letter is the law. And you are no longer under the law. But you are under the dispensation of the spirit. Because we understand that there are about seven dispensations in the Bible. Currently we're in the sixth dispensation, the dispensation of grace. But there is going to be the millennial dispensation which is coming afterwards the Armageddon. Yeah, 
So, the dispensation of the law precedes the dispensation of grace. Starting from Adam. And then when the law was given to Moses, you have the dispensation of the law. In the dispensation of the law, you have to do everything for God to respond to you. You have to work for God to respond to you. If God has to be pleased with you, you have to behave yourself. That morning you must have prayed up. You must have studied your Bible. You must have had no quarrel with anyone. And then God will be pleased with you when you keep the law. But in the New Testament, God is already pleased with you. And because he's pleased with you, you do the things that were conditions before of the old covenant, but now as a byproduct of him being pleased with you. So the things that you do now are expressions of the fact that God is already pleased with you. So it's no longer a condition. Holiness is not a condition anymore, but holiness is a fruit in the New Testament. And because we understand the New Testament, we understand also that sufficiency is at its maximum in the New Testament. If you follow the principles or the idea of the New Covenant, sufficiency is maximum at the New Testament. We have a lot of people who are in church but are not sufficient because they come to church but practice the Old Covenant system in their relationship with God. So they beat themselves too hard. They judge themselves. They judge people. They try to determine their own outcomes by solely what they do. But you know, you must leave that place for God to do his business in your life. Uh, Bishop Wale one day defined faith and he said faith is when you're able to rest on something completely without another option. So this is faith. Uh, What happens if you move this pulpit behind me? I will see the power of faith. (laughs) So what happens if you remove this thing? I'll fall. But this is what faith is. Faith is putting your trust solely on Christ. But you know what a lot of us do when we come to church or in our relationship with God? We do this. So that just in case God moves. (laughs) Backup plan. Lord, are you with me? When you're ready, (laughs) then, you know, so that's not faith. Faith is constantly putting your entire weight on what Christ has done. That if he doesn't, if, if what Christ has done doesn't work, my life doesn't work. That's what faith is. So when you look at all Christ has accomplished and you interpret your life, you begin to tell yourself, if Christ has done this, then I have it. So faith is receiving. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus, they are, yes, And amen. You know the meaning of that. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus, they are, God has said yes in Christ. So if Jesus died, buried, rose up again, that was God's yes. 
Then the amen part is where you say amen to the yes of God. So God said yes in Christ, but you have to say amen. So you're saying amen is to say I agree to what Christ has done. How many of you can picture all the things you have in Christ? Can you see all of it? If you can see it, then it's yours. As long as you can see it. So the purpose of study, the purpose of meditation is to meditate, study, and find out the things that you have in Christ. Help me tell your neighbor, there is so much that you have in Christ. Look for another person and tell him, there is so much you have in Christ. So much. So much you have in Christ. Glory to God. So it says, who has made us? Say, I'm sufficient as, as a minister of the new covenant. Now, not of the letter, but of the spirit. So the day Jesus died, was buried, and he rose again. Uh, the upper room, when he said, tarry in Jerusalem and wait until you have received uh, the Holy Ghost. And he will come upon you. At the time when the Holy Spirit came was the beginning of the dispensation of the Spirit. For the testament can only be effective after the testator is dead. So the New Testament actually, testament means will. The new will or the new testament is not the right hand side of your Bible. Say amen somebody. When you open your Bible, Old Testament is left, New Testament is what? Right. That's not Old Testament and New Testament. Now let us go to the Old Testament. It's not, that's not the point. No, 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 no. New Testament is a dispensation because somebody died, was buried, and he rose again. That's the dispensation of the Spirit. So let's see these two dispensations. Now, are you ready to go on this journey with me? But if the ministry, now we've come to ministry. Now, if the ministry of death, wait, 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 wait. Two Testaments. What is the first testament? Old testament. What's the second testament? Which one is the first? The old is the first. Which one is the second? New is the second. But if the ministry of death. So which one is the ministry of death? The old testament. So you can write this one down. That one of the descriptions of the old testament. Is called the ministry of what? Death. Never forget that in your head. Written and engraved on stones. Now I want you to see the next verse. It says, the, 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 the next clause. It says, was glorious. Sorry, go back to seven. Written and engraved on stones was glorious. Hold on. The ministry of death, the Bible says, was what? Glorious. How can the ministry of death be glorious? That's baffling. That's baffling because somebody's ministering death to you, but it is still glorious. So it means that there is a level of deception to what you say glory is. Death can be ministered to you and you call it glory rather than death. And what is that ministry of death? The one that was engraved on stones and that's the law the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance which glory was passing away do you have the living bible 
who has the living Bible? Anybody? Come bring it. Yet that old system of law that let death began with such glory that people could not bear to look at Moses' face. For as he gave them God's law to obey, his face shone out with the very glory of God, though the brightness was already fading away. Moses was deceiving the people. (laughs) Because when he appeared before God, and there was heavy glory on him, that glory was a kind of glory that couldn't sustain itself. But the glory will be de- the glory will diminish in time. It's just like battery. When your phone is fully charged and you use the phone, the battery goes down. That's the description of Moses' glory. So you know we talked about sufficiency, right? Good. So what did Moses do? Moses, so as to deceive the people, put a veil in his face so that that first reverence they had for him when they saw glory and they were doing like this. Because he noticed the glory was going away. He covered his face so that they wouldn't know. So that they would still have the fear to respect God and do the beatings of God. So that was the idea behind Moses covering his face. Moses covered his face because the glory was fading, not because the glory was too sharp. A lot of you thought, Ha! Lord, I want to be like Moses. You don't want to be like Moses. I want to be like Moses who looked at the face of God and came out with radiant. How do you do that thing, that R thing, and you. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to do that thing. Uh, radiant. Eh? Somebody say radiant with that thing. Ay, Jesus. I wish I could do it. It would have helped my preaching now, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. With radiant glory, he came down from the mountain with radiant glory, but that glory was fading. Poor glory. But you know it was still glory. That glory is still being preached in our churches today. And there is still some kind of glory that you say is the power of God. You describe as the power of God. It's the one that was fading away. So let's read. Let's keep reading verse 8. Verse 8. Pastor Comforts. Wait, hold on. How will the ministry. Now, wait, wait. Ministry of death. We've come now to what? So it's comparing two kinds of ministries. So how will the ministry of the spirit. Not be more glorious. Ministry of death, ministry of the spirit will not be more glorious. Verse 9. For if the ministry of what's the next word you're seeing here? So the first time he called it ministry of death, second time he's calling it ministry of what? Condemnation. Anybody who speaks condemnation to you. And you say you are feeling the power of God. Is glory that comes with a death ministration. No New Testament pastor or believer will minister condemnation to somebody. Talk to me somebody. No, no, no. No. No New Testament believer, evangelist, pastor, deacon, Bishop, Dicknesses, 
I did not say correction. There's a difference between condemnation and correction. Correction is to point the person to who the person really is by rebuking the person. But condemnation is passing judgment on a person without giving the person the benefit of change. So we don't minister condemnation to people. We minister righteousness to people. And if you are a minister of condemnation to yourself, repent for yourself. So that from today, you begin to minister to yourself the ministry of the Spirit, not condemnation. They brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. They brought a woman who was what? They brought a woman who was what? Caught. They brought a woman who was what? Caught in the act. She was not reporting herself. Then catch her. She was caught in... Where was the man, actually? Because if she was... Why, has, why is this world always against women? You know, the law is strong against women. And there are some religions that are very strong against women. That don't favor women. They elevate men. But thank God for the ministry of the Spirit. For in Christ Jesus, there is neither male... So men are not entitled to having some kind of inheritance then the women are following behind. No, 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 no. We're all together in Christ. Man, woman, both Jews, both Gentiles, both in the days of Paul, slaves and free men. Praise God. So it says, for if the ministry of what? Condemnation. So he, they found a the woman caught in the act of adultery and the law said that if this woman is caught, what do you do? You stone her to death. Can I tell you something? If those men stoned the woman to death, they had not committed any sin. They had not committed any sin. No, no, no. They had not committed any sin. They had done righteousness. But according to the law, they won't go to hell for doing that. If they stoned the woman to death because she... So what did Jesus do? Jesus came under the law not to abolish the law but to show superiority to the law and fulfill the law. So how, what is the wisdom of Jesus? Confusing state to be. Ask you, Moses said, stone her to death. What do you say? Trap. Trap. Big trap for Jesus. You know, I told you on Sunday that people could say things. Jesus would quote from them, but there were some things Jesus would say that nobody can quote from him. So when he says, verily, verily, he says, you have heard that Moses said, but verily, verily, I say. No prophet before Jesus came could say, verily, verily, I say. Who are you? Verily, verily, I say that you are what? Every prophet will only say, thus says the Lord. But Jesus will say, I say. Jesus. So, what would Jesus say in that condition of condemnation? Face to face with condemnation. He looked back to the people who wanted to stone her and said, if any of you have not committed any sin, be the first to cast the stone. He didn't cancel the law. 
He didn't support the law. But he was ministering grace. Jesus. Anywhere you go, be a minister of grace. Anywhere. Anywhere you find yourself. Be a minister of grace. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that from the oldest to the youngest. The oldest is the one who left first. Then the youngest followed. Why did the oldest leave first? Because you know his life is longer. He has committed more sins if you add it. So when he thought about it. (laughs) Praise God. Somebody say I belong to the ministry of righteousness. Say that. No condemnation. The ministry of righteousness exceeds much. Let me finish that story. So I, I, put, I put a pen, I put you know, a conclusion to that. Jesus said to the woman, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. Hear this. The power to sin no more is not in thou shalt not sin. The power to sin no more is knowing that you are not condemned because he loves you. You know, I've told you before that if you know how loved you are and you know how he has made you righteous, it makes you do what you know you are. A man behaves like a man because he's conscious that he's a man. The best way to live holy and righteous is for you to always remember that first you are holy. First, he has made you righteous. This thing doesn't fit you. That is where the power to live holy comes from. Not a law that says thou shall not. Because when thou shall not is given to you, it is the more reason why you want to. Have you told your four-year-old son before? Don't go there. Because you said it. I will go there to find out what is there. Thou shall not does not help the flesh. And guess what? Flesh makes you look spiritual. What I said is very deep now. Yeah, I like that. People who like to feel spiritual. <laughs> you guys should allow me to act my drama. Don't let me, let me express myself. People who like to just feel holier than thou. Spirit is moving here. Pastor, how are you? Bless you. Are you going to, what's your plan for today? The Lord. Bless you. You know? Anywhere you go, you smell sin. (laughs) I smell sin in this place. There is iniquity in the house. You are the one who is always looking for iniquity. You. My father said before, anywhere he went, he was always smelling sin. But now, where he goes, he sees saints. You know? Learn to see the saint in people. Why did you think prostitutes were comfortable with Jesus? Why? Some of you, if you were Jesus, eh? (laughs) It's only your village people that will be saved. (laughs) Only your family... Only your husband, your kids, every other person you don't like, you, hell, you, hell, you, hell, you, knock out, you, knock out. Find your level. No, 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 no. Jesus, ah, Savior of all. Oh, no. 
And that's why we're celebrating Jesus in this season. Amen. The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Verse 10. Let's keep going. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this Jesus. This is the ministry of the law going on here. Even what was made, Pastor Comfort, come. I knew that this thing was going to happen, man. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Yeah, so, we, where were we? Do you know where we were? Where, nine, read verse nine. If the plan that leads to doom was glorious, much more glorious is the plan that makes men right with God. Wait, wait. If the plan that leads to doom. Wow. Go and buy a living Bible. If the plan that leads to doom was glorious. Why would God establish a system that had a plan to lead to doom? I hope you know the answer. If you were in one of my Wednesday teaching, you would know the answer. Why would God make a plan that leads to doom? Why would God establish a system, old covenant system that leads to doom? Why? So that you will come to the end of yourself. And then you will now start to need Christ. Because the only person who appreciates Christ is the one who knows that he can't do it by himself. So that's why God has to establish a system that leads yourself, flesh, your own sufficiency to doom, so that you lean on his sufficiency. So if the plan that leads to doom, let's verse 10, let's, let's go. Keep reading. I like this one. Keep reading. In fact, mm-hmm. that first glory as it shone from Moses' face mm-hmm. is worth nothing at all in comparison with the overwhelming glory of the new agreement. Mm. So, if the old system that faded into nothing was full of heavenly glory, mm. the glory of God's new plan for our salvation is certainly far greater, for it is eternal. Mm. Since we know wait, wait, wait. that one was fading in time, right? This one is what eternal. Let's keep reading. Since we know that this new glory will never go away, we can preach with great boldness. And not as Moses did, who put a veil over his face so that the Israelis could not see the glory fade away. Not only Moses' face was veiled. But his people's minds and understanding were veiled and blinded too. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus. Unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. What you interpreted was that they couldn't see it because it was too much. You didn't read it well. They couldn't see it because it was passing away. Right? Verse 14. Let me use King James. Verse 14, it says, but their minds were blinded. So Moses' face was veiled. The people's minds were veiled. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. Because the veil is taken away in Christ. Now let me explain this. 
In the days of Paul, there was no Second Corinthians. This is Second Corinthians. You're reading it now. But in his days, there was no the book of Galatians, book of Second Corinthians, Thessalonians. There was no New Testament book in the days of Paul or the early church after Jesus died. So what were they reading? They were actually reading the law. But Paul is trying to explain that when the law is read, you can't read the law the way you used to read the law before. So now when you want to read the law, for the veil to be taken away, how is it taken away? It is when you see Christ. That's how the veil is taken away. What is the meaning of seeing Christ? It is seeing the accomplishment of what God has done in Christ. When you can see that, you would have sufficiency. Say amen, somebody. Say big amen, somebody. So, you are sick in your body. What do you see? Let's work it. You're sick in your body. What do you see? Accomplishment. What is the accomplishment? That Christ has paid for my healing. And because he has paid for my healing, I have the healing. So the moment you can see Christ, that is the maximum level of sufficiency. Money not day pocket now. What do you see? No money in the pocket? Is that what you see? If you see no money in the pocket, what is the output of what you see? No money in the pocket. Complaining. Complaining. Resentment. Blame game. My uncle didn't help me. My auntie didn't help me. But if you take your focus off that and you see accomplishment, what is accomplishment? Talk to me somebody. What's accomplishment? Thank you. He became poor that we might become rich. That through his poverty, I will become rich. That is accomplished. So what do I fix my, where do I fix my gaze on? The accomplishment of his wealth in Christ that I have. So if I can see it, I can have it. So when I tell you to see Christ, what am I telling you to see? Accomplishment. Accomplishment. The Old Testament begins with thou shalt do. The New Testament begins with it is finished. Oh, that's, uh, how do you put that in literature? Begins with finished. There's something is called in literature. Oxymoron? Is that oxymoron? It's math I love, not English. What's that? It has to be side by side. So it's not working for my message. No problem, it's fine. But you get the picture, right? The Old Testament begins with what you can do. But the New Testament begins with what he has done. It is finished. Let's, let's quickly wrap up. Verse 15. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies. Verse 16. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns, look at your neighbor and say, I have turned. <laughs> say it boldly to your neighbor. Say, I have turned. So I'm, I'm telling you that you can be in TSP and not have turned, even though your pastor is a New Testament preacher. You hear New Testament today, but how do you stay with the law? After Pastor Phil has preached heavy message, 
you go back home and you begin to dwell on performance. What can I do to get? And that is where your faith is resting on. If I don't do, I can never get. Rather, your conversation should be, what has he done that I have? If I can see it, then I have it. That's what it is. Are you still here? So, that is what it means to turn to the Lord. Okay, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Woo! Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Have you heard preachers preach this verse before? Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Without knowing what he's saying. There is liberty. There is liberty because your sufficiency is maximum at the ministry of the New Testament. That's what liberty is. Liberty is when you can see Christ. That's what liberty is. Then the last verse, verse 18. But we all, so help me touch four people. One in front of you, behind you, beside you. Tell them, say, we all, we all, we all. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. We all, we all, we all. Come on, shake your neighbor up a bit. Say, we all, we all, we all, we all. Then say, say with me, me all. Do you have a veiled face or you have an unveiled face? Shout it. Say, I have an unveiled face. Say, we all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror. The glory of the Lord. Moses was looking at the law. Beholding the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image from glory. Are you ready for greater glory? 2020, are you ready for greater glory? We're being transformed from glory to what? Glory. Look at your name and say glory to glory. Hey. He said, from glory to glory. Just as by the Spirit of God. It's not from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. No. Wait, wait, wait. Let's backtrack. How many kinds of glories were we talking about? You get it now? Not from one level of glory to another level of glory to another level of glory to another level of glory. No, no, no. Mm. It says from glory to glory. Meaning that it is from the glory of the law to the glory of the New Testament. So it says we're being transformed. You know your life has many facets. Many facets in your life. There's the finance part that has to work. Say amen. There is the family life that has to work. There is uh, spiritual devotion, your, do you understand, that has to work. There is relationships with people that has to work. What again? There is your career path that has to work. So it is possible to focus on one by the glory of the New Testament, but when it comes to money, you are performance from beginning to the end. 
So you know what you're going to do in 2020? You're going to conform every facet of your life from, from the glory of performance, what I can do to get to what has been done that I have. I have finished my message. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.